0: Welcome, welcome. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code Locked 15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. On today's show, we are going to talk about all the events that happened this weekend. It was a busy weekend in Boston college sports. We're going to chat about that. We're also going to look at the NCAA tournament. There's some ways that we can kind of flex this into Boston college sports, so I'll show you how we're going to do that. And in the final segment. I have an interesting thought. I want to look at some of the things that Jeff Halfley needs to improve on in his second year as head coach. So I'm going to go over some of those factors that he needs to change. And I think you'll want to hear that. So let's jump into the news. Over the weekend, Boston College Baseball faced off with number 10 Louisville in a three-game series in Louisville in what looked to be a great battle of two ACC teams that have been... Either projected to be really good this year, like Louisville had, or playing well, uh, like Boston College had. So Louisville, you know, just some background. They they struggled last week against Georgia Tech. They look, you know, but of course they were the ACC tournament, uh, ACC preseason team of the year. While Boston College has been shocking the world with some great play against teams like Auburn and Duke. So. On Friday, Boston College got to face off and it was it started to look really good. Boston College came out, they started playing well, and then everything went kind of down the toilet. So BC scores three unearned runs in the first few innings, capped by a rocket triple by Sal Freelick. And then Louisville just completely takes over. You know, their starter and reliever pitched nine innings, only let up seven hits. And three walks. You're not going to beat. As I said before, the big issue going into this week was going to be hitting. If they cannot, you know, if they fall behind, the pitching's not going to. end the pitching's not doing what it needed to. Mason Pelio, he didn't look as strong as he needed to. You know, he pitched four and a third's inning, let up five runs, and BC loses seven to three. So a tough first w- first loss. Then the losing continues. So BC drops second game, and it's going to be. You know, that means the series has been lost. They lose 5 nothing. Their bats are quieted again by good pitching by Louisville. And, you know, they. Louisville starter Glen Nice, retires 12 of the first 14 Eagles. BC just can't get anything going. So now they're down two games. The third game, you know, BC goes with their opener, you know, the, the way that they start with their closer but put them in the opening. Uh, they, they do pretty well. They start off with a three-nothing lead. They start, you know, they move it up to four-nothing. They continue to battle and battle and battle, and then mistake after mistake happens, and Boston College falls behind seven-six, and then Louisville takes the lead eight-six, and that's it. it. It was a tough weekend for Boston College. You know, you had a whole bunch of different ways of losing. You know, the first game, I mean, the first two games really. Boston College's batting just did nothing, right They scored three runs, but none of them were earned. So they scored zero runs in the first two games that were earned runs. They finally get the batting going in the second game and then errors and bad you know bad fielding and, and pitching messes the game up. They just you know couldn't keep the game in in, in their uh, in the win column. So BC gets swept by Louisville. Not the ending you wanted to see uh, for that game. So BC Baseball will probably get dropped out of the top 25 this week, which is a bummer. Uh, But they have two midweek games. They play on Tuesday against Merrimack and on Wednesday against Holy Cross. And then next weekend, it goes right back into another tough ACC matchup where they play UNC, who's always a good beat. You know, they're one of the best in the country usually. And they they just finished off sweeping Clemson, who's – not very good. <laughs> and uh they're going to it's going to be another great matchup and you want to see BC really kind of get back in the win column. So those two middle week middle of the week games, you want to you want obviously want to beat those two teams. And then yeah, this is a weekend where they just need to win two games. You know, the, if they can win 4 out of 5, they're going to be back in good shape and really back into the ACC picture. You know, one out of three, they they cannot get swept again. That's just that's that's the that's the bottom line right here is if BC wants to get into playoff picture and, and and stay in the hunt, they have to win some games. So they need to win at least one or two against UNC. So we'll we'll talk more about that as we get closer to that game. In hockey news, Boston College played UNH in the quarterfinals of the hockey east tournament and it was a heck of a game if you got to see it. Boston College ends up winning 3-2 in a game where BC comes up with a three-goal lead. Watch it, you know, in the first quarter, uh, first period, excuse me. It looks like it's going to be all Boston College. You know, they're they're all over UNH, they're getting penalties, they're getting, you know, Alex Newhook has a goal, they're getting, you know, they're they're playing physical, they're doing everything they need to do and and they're up 3 nothing. And then the, just like ho- hockey games are so fascinating because in a moment a a game can turn in momentum and everything changes. And that's exactly what happened in the second period where UNH comes out and scores two goals like bang bang and all of a sudden it's a 3-2 game. And you know the momentum's on the on the Wildcat side and BC they're flat uh, they're flat on their feet. But as I've said all, all along, Spencer Knight had his game. He had 35 saves. He saved this game for Boston College because UNH just had pressure for two two periods, and that was huge. So BC survives. It's all that matters. You're just going to win. It doesn't matter how you win. You you learn. You move on. Next, they don't. If they were going to get the. They get the lowest seeded team. They get UMass Lowell, a team that they beat pretty easily earlier on in the season, uh, in two games. UMass Lowell though, stunned BU in their first round game, so it's going to be an interesting game. Because I've, I've said all along that Lowell's a team that I always am, uh, you know, wary of, um, and especially that they just beat BU. Maybe this is going to be the spark that gets uh, the Riverhawks going. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. And I would be remiss to say um, that BC softball had a win this weekend. And it was a great game. It was BC shutout, UMass, 10-0. And Susanna Anderson threw a complete game no-hitter. Uh, you know, when I see that, my eyes always light up. So I wanted to congratulate those softball team because I don't usually talk about them, but that's a great win. And Susanna Anderson is one heck of a pitcher. So um, just want to give a shout-out to them. Now, in a moment... We're going to talk about the NCAA Tournament in Boston College. And I'm going to wax poetic for a little bit about why it stinks that BC (laughs) is again left out of the March Madness Tournament. We'll talk about the recent history of BC and how this tournament might have some interesting ramifications for the Eagles coaching search. But before we do, let's chat about betonline.ag. Have you been looking to make wagers on March Madness games? Head on over to BetOnline.ag. They have all the best lines and easiest way to make those wagers when you want to. Football's over, but college basketball's in full swing. They even cover award shows, TV shows, you name it, they have it. BetOnline has you covered for everything. Head over to the website or use their free mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus when you use your first deposit using promo code LOCKEDON. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON. They're going to give you 50%. That's extra money in your pocket head on over to betonline.ag your online sportsbook experts Next, let's chat about Blue Chew. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew's tablets combat all forms of ED and can help man get extra confidence when it's time to perform. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so there's no doctor's office visit, no awkward conversation and no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical professionals, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. Blue Chew's Sifindel and Telafadil tablets are all chewable. They're made in the USA, and they prepare and direct ship li- uh, ship directly, so it's cheaper than the pharmacy. And we've got a special deal for our listeners try blue chew free when you use promo code locked on at checkout just pay five dollars shipping that's blue chew.com promo code locked on to receive your first month free and we thank blue chew for sponsoring this podcast march madness is here that means bracket challenges join our locked on listener bracket challenge group on espn submit your march madness picks beat your favorite hosts and if you win You'll get a guest appearance on Locked On Today, our daily news podcast. The link to join is in the show notes of this episode. Get your picks in today. Speaking of March Madness, this is AJ Black. Check out our site, bcbulletin.com, where we'll get into March Madness hockey style, of course, and we'll get some stuff in there as well. But I want to to wax poetic for a second. I said this earlier about March Madness. Now, at 6 o'clock... I am on a group chat with all the other locked-on hosts, and at like 5:55, it explodes. Like they're all just talking about, um, you know, the Baylor host is freaking out about their pick, and and the Duke host, oh, we can't make it, and every all the different hosts are talking about, you know, oh, this is that, and this, you know, this uh, matchup is great, and this one's not. And I'm sitting over there going, oh, yep, I'm Boston College's host. I have nothing really to add to this because my team is one of the worst in the country, and we've been out of the NCAA tournament for like 10 years, I miss this. So (laughs) I was thinking, I was just, you know, I remember when I was a student at Boston College, you know, I again, I always talk about this. I was there during the glory years for both basketball and football. And I remember watching those Selection Sunday specials, and there was on CBS, I believe, at the time. And waiting for Boston College's name to be drawn, and you see, you know, Jared Dudley and Sean Marshall and Craig Smith jumping up with Al Skinner when they get their name called, and you know whether it was against um, Pacific, I remember, or U University of Wisconsin uh, Green Bay, I think it was, and all those games, and remembering that feeling because as a fan, Selection Sunday can be so much fun when you have a team that is in the hunt. Even if you don't make it, the emotion that goes with that, you know, the feeling that, oh, that stinks. We didn't get it. That still can be, it's still, like, it's just an energetic day for college basketball fans. And for 10 years now, Boston College has been firmly wedged on the outside of that discussion. We have not been, Boston College has not been Anywhere near that conversation for all of those ten years. I think that was one year with Kai Bowman where they were just on the outskirts. I think they're one of the last teams out. But it it stinks because you want to get BC fans back in. You need to get to the tournament. I don't care. You know we fu- they, the the rumor was that Al Skinner was fired because he didn't win enough in the tournament. I think most BC fans would take getting just into the tournament. And feeling that rush on that Sunday of being like, oh, we're in the bracket. Who are we going to play? Who are we going to win if we beat this team? Who are we going to win if we win these two games? You know, that feeling itself is kind of what drives college basketball, right? And we've, BC has been lacking that for 10 years. I mean, don't you just miss the, oh, we got we got screwed. We were supposed to be a five seed and we're a seven seed. Those conversations, they seem so like, Distant for Boston College fans at this point because we're not anywhere near that. We're just like, you know, we're in the bottom. We're still thinking of how this program is going to get fixed. So that brings me into our next conversation. Now, a lot of we have not seen any movement really in news in terms of the call, co- the coaching search, which I know people are still fretting about. But don't I? I don't read into that because I think what you're going to want to watch for are the coaches that are in this tournament because I think. If Boston College has a coach in mind, we're gonna to have to wait until this tournament is over to get them. And there are four coaches that have been linked to Boston College that are in the tournament. The first one is uh, Mackay Shrewsbury, the Purdue assistant. Now he's been a name that's been linked a long time, and I've seen his name popping up over and over again. Now he is part of the obviously part of the Boilermakers. They're a four seed, and they're gonna face off against North Texas, um, who you know i've heard had a really good season they're a, they're a tough team and they get to play uh in the south division or the south bracket so that'll be one game you're gonna watch for and if beast and if purdue wins that they, they they then get the winner of Villanova and Winthrop now that game i've heard tons of people saying that Winthrop is like one of the biggest upset uh players favorites in this in this tournament, because Villanova, basically since BC has played them, has not been playing very well. The next team you're going to want to watch for is coming out of the East Bracket, and that is the A-10 champion St. Bonaventures, uh, led by Mark Schmidt. Now, I know some people have heard, and I've heard it too, that Mark Schmidt is one of the probably leaders for the Boston College job. They're in ninth seed, and they're facing LSU, and that's going to be a heck of a game. Uh, in in terms of uh, Saint Bonaventure you know they have played excellent you know I know the a10 I saw people ripping on the a10 and I was like what good good conference I don't I don't get the, the hate so uh, that's gonna be a good game LSU is a very good team but man Mark Schmidt has them going and Eric Hoes who you've heard on this podcast many times had an interesting thought about Mark Schmidt that may think why he may not be the leader for this job. Their entire starting lineup are juniors. If Mark Schmidt wants to follow through and see the team through that he built, this may not be the last season. He might want one more go-around with his troops. So keep an eye on that. But Mark Mark Schmidt and St. Bonaventure are a 9 seed. Now the other name we're going to watch for is Howard Isley out of Michigan. Now Michigan is a 1 seed. They are going to get the winner of... Um, MTSM or Texas Southern? Now, you know, I don't know who MTSM is. Middle Tennessee, maybe? I don't don't even know. But that doesn't really matter. So I think Michigan's going to probably roll. Then they get the winner of St. Bonaventure and LSU. So you could possibly have in the second round a battle between Howard Isley and Mark Schmidt. So that's interesting to watch. And then the fourth matchup that you want to check out is Cleveland State and Houston. So, obviously, Dennis Gates has been a name lots of folks have been talking about. And Houston is, oh man, they're a good team, too. So, we'll have to check that out. So, uh, sorry, Mount St. Mary's is MTSM. I couldn't tell who they were. I was looking at a bracket. And I just couldn't figure out their name. So, MTSM is Mount St. Mary's. Um, Houston gets Cleveland State. And um, that'll be a big game, too. And if they win, they get the winner of Clemson and Rutgers. But, obviously, as a 15 seed, Cleveland State has a lot better to do before they get that point. And for all those um, BC fans that still think there's a shot that they're going to get Rick Pitino, which I don't think it will ever happen, uh, Alabama faces number 15 seed Iona in the conference. I mean, I mean, no, I, I am not on the Rick Pitino bandwagon, but I know some people are. His run that he had with Iona in this postseason has been incredible already. So um, that, that'll be interesting to see if he can pull off an upset against Alabama, who's played exceptionally well this year. So those are some of the names that have been popped up through the coaching search. You're going to want to watch those games because there's a possibility if BC has already made a decision on who they want, they might make that offer right after that team gets eliminated. So if those four names are names that are really in BC's corner, we might get a name, and we might get that announcement shortly after their team is eliminated. So those are something that you're going to want to check out as well. Now let's talk about Bilt Bar. We are in March Madness for Bilt Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Bilt Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now time is now to find out which best Bilt Bar is the best, it is Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup is toffee almond versus mint brownie. Ooh, this is a tough one because I like both of these. Um, So mint brownie, I mean like, first of all, like if you like mint chocolate chip ice cream, but like want it in a bar form, that's what you go with with this. Toffee almond is also really delicious. It tastes like a candy bar. It's got that almond flavor to it. Now, I have to say, when I have my my built bar, I have it at three o'clock in the afternoon. It's my like pick me up before I finish my day at work. I like to have an iced coffee with it. Mint brownie for me is just a tad below toffee almond in terms of like the way it blends with my iced coffee. So I'm gonna go with toffee almond on this one. But I get a feeling they don't have a chance against mint brownie because mint brownie I know is very popular. So check it out and head on over to builtbar.com or built underscore bar on Twitter to make your vote. Remember, use the promo code locked 15 to get 15% off your next order. That is locked 15 to get 15% off your next order at dot com. and check back to see who's won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. This is locked on Boston college. AJ black here. I had a, a quick funny story. So uh, if you noticed, I was a little softer the, last week and that was because I was at an other, at, a, at another house where I couldn't talk as loudly as I normally do because of where the room was that I was staying where my younger son was trying to sleep right next to me. So I had to, it was almost like a whisper and I already got like a one star review from someone. And I'm sure it was because I was whispering. It sounded like I was whispering through it. So I'm back at home. You get, you get the full AJ experience again. Uh, and I'm really excited because you know, basketball's over. We're get, we're in the midst of a coaching search. As I said in the last segment, football is about to start their spring segment and on Tuesday, I get to talk to Jeff Hathley, and I am dying to do that. Uh, get lots of questions heading into the spring uh, session. Now, Jeff Hathley is going to go into his second year at Boston College. He's got a six and five record, and that's you know against a mostly ACC uh, schedule. That's that's pretty impressive. But there's still things to, to that you want to see him improve on, right? He was definitely not perfect, and I don't think he had. No one expected him to be. He was a first year head coach. Uh, you know, right out of Ohio State in an NFL career where he was only a defensive coordinator or a positions coach. But where are those moments you want to see Jeff Halfley improve? What are the things that he could kind of tailor to fix some of the little glitches that he had? And honestly, like, uh, you know, some of the things that you saw were things that he can fix some of the, and I'm not going to say like the defense has to get better because that's not Jeff Halfley's thing. Like, this is not about critiquing certain pieces of their game. Like, you know, I I you know they're they're not getting enough sacks. Okay, maybe they need to blitz more. That might be something we can talk about. But I'm not gonna just say their defense is bad. That's not that's not a, something Jeff Halfley has to improve on. I want to talk about the things that he could improve on as a coach. The biggest thing has to be the red zone offense. So He, as a coach, needs to figure out how to get his offense to be more effective in the red zone, okay? You know, I thought at times they relied too heavily on the pass when they could possibly just run it in. And I know that's more of a Steve Adazio thing, but I think that offense could have done it if they needed to. So I think the, 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 the play in the red zone is going to be a big factor heading into next year. Now, the defense is the biggest one. You need to get the defense up another level, but... BC's offense was really good, but they could be excellent if they could improve on in the in the red zone. So, I want to see him really kind of expand his play set in the in the red zone. Be able to do multiple different things and and really attack and be aggressive there to to get points because those points if they can get if they can turn it if the defense isn't where it needs to be, they can win shootouts. That that works too. It just means just they just need to win those games. So, I think the red zone is a big one. The next piece is kind of tailored towards, again, I'm saying like, you know, the defense, but I, I want to see that the entire team improve in their, just their discipline. And I, I have to say that some of that might have to do with the lack of practice or the pandemic that, that kind of um, really threw a monkey wrench in a first year head coach's uh, game plan in terms of getting his team prepared, but Boston College was really bad last year in terms of penalties. You saw it, and some of them were preventable. Some of them were not preventable. Some of them were aggressiveness, which you can allow. Like if you get a pass interference because you're playing tight defense, go for it. That's okay. But if it's you know jumping on offsides or or false start penalties, those things can be fixed. So I think you know, and this is just just a scheme thing is. During these spring practices, as they get ready for summer, getting their team more disciplined to make sure those penalties do not bite them in the butt. Because Boston College is a good team, but they need to prevent penalties that keep teams in games. So I think Jeff Halfley just really working on those techniques and those drills that really instill some um, some discipline that's high, at higher level than they got to last year. And, and I'm not blaming him or the team for that. I'm just saying that that's something they could improve on. I think those will be just the two that I'm going to go with for Jeff Halfley. You know, all in all, <laughs> you can't get mad at what he did last year. He did some impressive things in just his first year. But those are two things, I, you know, every year you want to improve. As a podcaster, I want to improve. As, you know, I'm sure Tom Brady, who's an all-time NFL great with eight Super Bowls now, he wants to, or seven Super Bowls, he wants to improve. Jeff Halfley needs to improve, too. We all need to. So I think those are two things I would look for for him to improve next year. You know, you could look at other things, too, such as, like, you know, uh, pass-run ratios. You could look at, you know, the ability to be more aggressive on special teams, which I thought he did an excellent job at. Um, I, those are the, those two pieces I think are going to be my two big uh, improvement points. So I'm actually going to probably ask Jeff Halfley on Tuesday, maybe what 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 he's looking to improve on. So we'll see what he has to say. Now, do you have any things that you want to talk about? Hit us up on Twitter at Locked On BC. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Boston College SI. I am the editor and publisher of BC Bulletin. We're going to have some uh, interesting. Conversations on our site about all things do, to do with this hockey game that came up that just happened and uh, some of the basketball news as it comes along, and of course, football. You're going to want to check that all out on the site. Now, if you have not done so already, please like and subscribe to our podcast. We'll check you again tomorrow. Take care, everyone. See you soon.